0: Hi Smiling people, how is it going? I'm your host Kish from Smiling Rocks and thanks for tuning in with us on Talks to Tell. Here, we invite guests to share on social and business related topics such as the diamond and jewelry industry and discussions with charity organizations on making this world a better place. Smiling Rocks is a lab-grown diamond and jewelry brand with an aim to build a chain of smile through sustainable luxury and giving back to our communities with your choice of charity. Find out more on www.smilingrocks.com. Today on another week for March is Me campaign, which is organized by the Women's Jewelry Association and we are very excited to be a part of, uh, we have an amazing guest in today's podcast, Jian Soriano. Jian is a Hong Kong-born, raised Filipino, currently working as a digital writer for Tatler Hong Kong. She covers a range of topics from entertainment, music, style, arts, And culture to dining. She hopes to give a voice to artists in Asia and across the diaspora as well as other minorities. During her undergraduate, she was involved in advocating for the inclusion of young people in internet governance discussions which eventually led her to become the youngest person to be appointed by the United Nations Secretary-General as a member of the Internet Governance Forum multi-stakeholder steering group. Let's hear a conversation between Kishra Mahmood, the global brand director of Smiling Rocks, and Gian Soriano on her journey as a journalist and how she sees women empowerment throughout her career and advocacy. hello GN. Uh thank you so much for being uh, for being this um, for joining us today at, at the podcast for talks to tell um, really really excited to have you and we're really excited to have some great discussions today to know about you know the in the spirit of womenhood uh, it's the month of March and we're celebrating women around the world and I'm very very excited to have you who have such a strong and dynamic background so we're really excited And uh, thank you so much for being here.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm happy to be here and hopefully share some insightful and inspiring things to our listeners.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. We'll have some fun. So, Jian, uh, you know, we go back like long. We I think we said in the same high school. Mm-hmm. We were in the same yeah. college as well. So I, I'm really happy to, you know, know you as a person. I, I've seen you grown, in, in such a young age. You've done tremendous amazing work and you're still continuing to go through that journey and I'm very, very excited to share that. Um, if we, We'd love to know if you can share some information, just share a little bit about yourself to create a context and uh, we'd love to know more about uh, hearing from you.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that uh, Kish, that's so nice to hear from you. <laughs> so a uh, little bit about myself. I am Filipino, born and raised in Hong Kong. Um, I I've studied journalism in university, and currently I am working as a digital writer covering entertainment, music, arts, pop culture, style, dining—you know, a lot of lifestyle-related mm-hmm. um, categories mm-hmm. for um, Tatler Hong Kong. Um, before before this job, I was based in Japan for about two years, and I was working in. Rakuten, which is like the Amazon um, version of Japan. Um, And I was working Mm -hmm. in travel content marketing. So it's quite different from what I'm doing now and what I did in university. But it was a very, um, very interesting experience living in another country. Um, Okay, what else about myself? Um, I, in my free time when I do have... Time, I like to take photos. <laughs> I like to watch a lot of movies and um, TV shows, which is why I cover entertainment. Um, I like to read as well, right. and I, I think we will be talking about some of that later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that that yeah, yeah you yeah. you you're
0: doing you're doing such a great. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm sure we're going to go into deep with all those things that you've experienced. It's so much to learn from you. Um, and speaking about your journalist experience and your journal, journalism journey, um, you know, you've been working with uh, many different people uh, mm-hmm. in different houses. And uh, we just wanted to see mm-hmm. how you see women empowerment today uh, in today's modern mm-hmm. world and how you see that reflect in your work today.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I actually started working in the, you know, media industry since I was an undergraduate because I had my first internship when I was still a freshman in university, which was actually really cool <laughs> now that I think about it because not mm-hmm. a lot of people yeah. would do that in their first year of, you know, university. Right. Um, and the things that I've experienced over the years... Uh, before um, Tatler was that a lot of my you know managers and teammates were all men <laughs> so it was actually really mm-hmm. difficult for me as a, as a woman as a young woman to you know feel empowered in in those in those jobs although of course I'm thankful for what they've taught me over the years but I still feel like there is a difference when you're you know when you're with uh, place where there is woman and there is you know mentorship um, from a uh, woman so I feel like from from what I've seen over the years it's important that um, you know women empower other women um, which is why you know I like what I'm doing at Tatler because um, my team the digital team are all women editors and writers are all women so there is really a big difference mm-hmm. in in how um you know you're empowered just just in the ideas that you share the things that you want to write the feedback that you get there's there's a really big difference between um you know from my experience before and now and i think working in that kind of empowered environment also empowers me to you know empower others um in in right. in a way that I try to highlight and give a voice to women as much as possible, whether I interview, you know, a rising female artist or a female director who's thriving in a man's world, in the industry, a female chef, a female actress. So I hope to empower these women just as much as I'm being empowered in the place that I work in. And also we have a platform called front and female which is a resource for women because you know there's a lot of women in the team and we want to help other women so i think that yeah basically there is a lot more empowerment now for women in workplace and i think that um, really reflects in the work that you do because you feel also inspired and more empowered to empower others I hope that makes sense.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're sharing that same space together, you know, with your other colleagues, you're you're understanding each other, you're valuing each other with no matter Who you are, maybe mm-hmm. you get that experience and you want to share with somebody maybe new to the team, or with somebody yep. who's experienced in the team to learn from that person. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it's a really exciting you know time where uh, now we see that women are growing and maybe yes. taking up bigger leads than before. Yes. And, and right. you know, in mm-hmm. your industry with journalism, I'm sure mm-hmm. Tatler Hong Kong, um, you guys are doing amazing with your work. <laughs> I'm a personal fan of the interviews Thank you're you. doing and talking about Tadler Hong Kong. I just love, you know, the, the, the celebrity, the designers mm-hmm. you meet, and I'm a big K-pop fan myself. So <laughs> totally girl, girl fanning right now. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, I know you, you've, you've met, you know, quite a lot of, um, you know, celebrities and designers, mm-hmm. even female advocates who are, talking yeah. about a women apartment or raising the awareness of womanhood through the work that they're doing and mm-hmm. to interview people who are doing such an amazing job how does that feel personally and mm-hmm. does that influence you as a person
1: yeah actually i since i i actually joined chatter during the pandemic so there's actually not as much that i've met in person so a lot of them were online mm-hmm. or uh, Call or or yeah, but still, still great, great people to talk to and meet. Hopefully, after the pandemic, there will be more that I can actually shake hands with and you know see see in person. Um, But yeah, um, if anything, I'm of course inspired by their work, um, and it makes me want to do better at what I do. And it also, you know, because a lot of them are change makers, a lot of them are making waves in their industries, you know breaking barriers so it also makes me want to make a difference in my own way no matter how small so um, writing for a lifestyle publication for me what what making a change means is like if at least there's one person who feels inspired by my work I'm already you know happy about that um, because it felt like I was making a difference in in like one article that I or one person that I've talked to Um, and you know having to talk to these people and if I'm lucky enough to meet them also yeah just inspires me to become better at what I do because we I feel like we can always be better and we can always learn from each other so I think that's how they they influence me and sometimes I'm a little envious of what, what they've achieved especially those are at a young age and i felt like oh maybe i should have done something similar when i was younger i mean that's me being (laughs) part of myself (laughs) but like you know what i mean right um like um you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. like you wish oh yeah and and it it's it's so inspiring because when i was when i was their age i didn't see a lot of people like that who were already thriving and and doing so much and it isn't just about being young it's also about you know the the ones who are already older and just starting their own business you know it goes to show that you know age regardless young old there's there's always something that you can do to make change so I think that really influences me a lot especially you know i'm I'm like already in my mid20s always almost late like 20s so like i'm thinking a lot about career (laughs) like oh is this is this what i want to do and Mm -hmm. you know the people that i talk to always always tell me that you know it it doesn't have to start at 30 20 whatever you know age like you just keep going and you keep being you keep doing what you love so i think that really influences the way i think the way I work, especially how i treat myself and eventually how i treat other people
0: Absolutely. Yeah, age age, is ages, ages just a number At times when you can mm-hmm. see people who are, you know, in their mid 50s or 40s, they're starting yeah. a new business or somebody who yeah. is young, and they're doing something phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people, mm-hmm. somebody like, like me, I would be thinking, of course, <laughs> just, I, I totally share what your thought is. I could have done mm-hmm. something like this when I was in that age, or I would love to be, yeah. you know, who like you always want to be inspired by somebody. And that's yeah. like the beauty, you know, today that we get to know so much because information mm-hmm. is, is everywhere and you just want to be a part of that. Um, and mm-hmm. speaking of young age, yeah, I, I know you have done an amazing work with, you know, advocating for the ethnic minorities mm-hmm. in Hong Kong. Um, i recently saw your post on you know on your instagram about the women's day mm-hmm. what you have done mm-hmm. in a in a young age but your really big voice mm-hmm. and you have done so much for the ethnic minorities and i just wanted to do, put a light on mm-hmm. that what what was that mm-hmm. and how was your experience what came in your mind first when you thought of uh mm-hmm. advocating for the ethnic minorities mm-hmm. in hong kong
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, actually, it was drawn really from my own experience, you know, living as an ethnic minority in Hong Kong. Um, you know, growing up, I never really had like, you know, a you know, public role model, like once you see on TV or once you see, once you see outside um, that. And then, and then you start to re- you reach a certain age where you start to notice the difference in the way people treat you, you know, your access to things, the support that you get because of your ethnicity or the color of your skin so for me that was when I was in high school when I was um, studying for the university entrance exams and teachers would always compare us to our local Chinese counterparts and you know it made me think that why do we need to compare when we're all just doing the same exam you know trust all all just trying to get into university right Mm -hmm. Uh, regardless of our ethnicity or race or skin color or whatever so there was always like that those kind of problems growing up and because there was no no one speaking up so in some way i felt like i needed to do that even though i'm you know an introvert who likes to keep to herself but then when you see no change it's like Mm -hmm. you know you needed to to do something and you know make yourself heard So uh, for me, my thought was like, if I don't do something, what's going to happen to the younger generation, to my brother, Mm. who's going to go through the same Mm. thing, my niece or whatever, grandchildren, you know, basically, what about them? Is it going to be like this endless, endless cycle that you're going to be treated differently because of, you Mm. know, ethnicity or skin or language or culture and all that? So I think that that's what really pushed me in some way and maybe it was also because I was so young and you know there was that fearless, fiercelessness to do something (laughs) that that (laughs) hopefully
0: we're we're, we're young
1: (laughs) yeah yeah exactly so uh, there was that as well and obviously you had a lot more free time in your hands you didn't have to think about you know the a lot of other things that you have to now as an adult so I think that's yeah that's what really pushed me to become a voice in in however way i can for young people yeah
0: right and that that led led you to be you know to get a platform and be the youngest person appointed by the un Mm -hmm. uh to to have a a voice at that platform so what was how was Mm -hmm. that experience like (laughs) Uh, being in the un is maybe one of the goals everybody Mm -hmm. have but Mm -hmm. you know having to be in that platform in such a young age, Mm -hmm. how did that felt and Mm -hmm. uh, could you share a little bit about about that?
1: Yeah, so actually the background of that is also related to me just coming out of my comfort zone and, you know, doing something different. Mm -hmm. So I joined like a competition when I was in like secondary four or five, I can't well, four, yeah, secondary four, and then it was like this research essay where you have to write about like an internet topic and stuff. So, my friend and my friends and I joined, and then unexpectedly we won, <laughs> and then the prize was to go to the United Nations conference in uh-huh. Bali uh, during that year. Wow. Um, yeah, and then I think that wow. that what started everything, and it just kind of like snowballed because when the opportunity is there, you kind of grab it, right? So. After that conference, you know, yeah. the organization that sent us there, you know, asked me, "Oh, did you, did you want to, like, you know, keep doing this? Do you want to like help us, you know, advocate for more young people, um, in the in in the digital yeah. space, in the internet space?" And I was like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> I mean, yeah. So. So when I did my United United Nations speech, that was like four years into the advocacy work. I started when I was seventeen, and I think I did the speech when I was like in my early twenties. So um, wow. that op- opportunity was actually in you know, spontaneous itself because when I was when I was there in the conference, they they were looking for a young person to represent young people because there wasn't a lot of young people attending the conference so they needed to ask um the people around do you have anyone to nominate and then someone someone did nominate nominate me which is why I was able to do that but and the funny thing the funny thing was um, um the funny thing about that was um I had to to write the speech the night before the speech was had to be given so oh, it, that's was a, it was a pretty pressuring experience like writing your yes. first UN speech and like cramming it all and stuff like that so that was the that was the funny part but I think you know um in whole of itself I in the speech I talk about a, a lot about you know what I've noticed you know in the internet space over the years like you know when I came when I first came here when I was 17 there were like 10 10 young people in the room and then and then i think that was 2017 when i did the speech and now you can like you need a whole room to feed all, fit all the young people so you see there's progress in so many yeah. ways but then the one yeah. thing that's miss one one thing that's still missing is having young people on the table really you know making helping make the decisions and shape all the policies that all these big organizations, internet organizations, have—you know—they still make the, they still make the rules. Yeah. They, they still make the decisions without having a young, young voice there. Even though you know, social media is consumed right. by young people, so you know there's that gap. Right. Um. So that's really something that I wanted to highlight as, uh, in the speech a lot. And yeah, so after that, after that speech, um, the United Nations Gen- General Secretary uh, Antonio Guterres mm-hmm. he elected me as um, as the youngest member of the um, advisory group of the Internet Governance Forum, and then you know basically to represent y- young people who didn't have a voice. Um, right. And then yeah, yeah, and then after I left that post, um, yeah, more. I, more young people have been have been in the in the advisor group and in in the internet space without you 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 didn't even need to have like statistics anymore or like you know it's Mm. just it's kind of like it just became kind of like normal for them to be there whereas before they had to ask oh what are you doing here like oh you know and stuff like that so i think yeah that that experience was really really life-changing and stuff and 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 there was there was a point in my life where i thought that you know this would be something i wanted to do after but that at the same time it's a really it's a it's a space that's really hard to find your footing in because you know in in so many ways you're 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 a minority being young but you're also a, a minority in itself that you needed to have you know a lot of connections and you need also needed to just be just being just being someone who's advocating for it for the internet and for more youth inclusion is is difficult because you kind of have to prove that you you were you deserve to be in that space so that's right actually something that that you you know struggle with um a lot um, and also because you know the internet is like STEM, so there's there's still that, you know, a lot of young people are mm. there now. But now the problem is having more women there, now. <laughs> so, mm. so yeah. Mm. But I but I would say like yeah, since uh, I think yeah, two thousand thirteen to now twenty twenty two. Yeah, it was almost ten years. Um, yeah, there's there's already a lot that has changed, and I'm I'm proud of everything everything that I've been able to do and help in, in the space. Yeah.
0: Right. No, absolutely. I mean, um, young people they you know, they need people like you to show them what you can they can do as well. And you know, if, if there's a role model like you then they know that they can be, mm-hmm. you know, experiencing the same mm-hmm. or they can create mm-hmm. their own path. Um <laughs> Young people really need that kind of support, and especially mm-hmm, seeing from somebody mm-hmm. who they can relate to is even more a yeah, plus point. Yeah, exactly. So I'm sure you know yeah, in coming, okay. yeah, coming coming to you know you might see a lot of more ethnic minorities in Hong Kong mm-hmm. or in overseas will be coming out to you know be a voice and to just be a part of the community that they are in and be mm-hmm. more involved in making uh, their voice heard. So mm-hmm. it's it's pretty exciting to be in this um, you know era where digital is Mm -hmm. digital era is really helping us explore that uh, and in a faster way and you're able Mm -hmm. to voice your opinion quickly with your own Instagram account (laughs) and and maybe with that you feel like a part of you know a bigger community where everybody's uh, you know having the same thought or sharing the same thoughts Mm -hmm. so but yes, yeah, that's very important to have them on the table where the decisions are actually made so yeah. that a voice is heard, even mm-hmm. though they might not, uh, even though maybe people who are uh, in, the, in, the, in the table of decision making might not be the one hearing Somebody speaking out yeah. on Instagram, if unless mm-hmm. it's a big wave, unless if it's if it's not a big wave, it might be, you know, going gone under the rug. But uh, it's very important to have, you know, somebody on the table with diversity and age mm-hmm. and yeah. culture and yeah, ethnicity yeah. so that people can the, the decision can be made more wiser. Another thing about Mm -hmm. you is that I know you, you, when have you started photography? And it's such a great, you know, interest to have that. And I I, want to congratulate you. You won, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you have an exhibition of your own photographs, uh, an award winning (laughs) photograph you have done. So that is really, really exciting to have. Thank (laughs) you. So could you please share a little bit more about your, your photography journey? Yeah.
1: Yeah. In terms of photography, actually, can't remember like a specific memory or time that made me say oh this is the beginning of my interest I think yeah I don't remember a specific moment but I I know that well, you know when I started doing you know photography work it, eventually it also became like a freelance job when I was when I was studying um when yeah when I the reason why I started photography is also because in so many ways I feel like you know being an an ethnic minority in Hong Kong you know all of us speak you know various languages you know and and, you know also you know you know in our our high school right there's a lot of people from different culture and ethnicity and there's like this mix of language and all that and sometimes you don't understand each other sometimes you do and I I try to find like a universal medium to express something that where language is not a barrier and i find that f- photos help in so many ways because you know a photograph is, can be interpreted in some way but then it's not restricted by language um, and i find that yeah. really fascinating um, you know when i when i show a photo and then everyone has various interpretations but it, it you know it it, it didn't ma- it didn't really matter because there's no right answer you know what i mean like you're not limited by your language or your culture or anything like right. that to be able to mm-hmm. interpret this photograph or admire it or love it so that's that's um mm-hmm. why i love taking photos um i don't take them as much now obviously because of the pandemic and we can't travel but i still try to take <laughs> like Photos of of little moments whenever I go out, whether it's like, you know, the sky or, you know, the trees or something like that. So, um, I actually have a memory to keep of all these things. Um, so, yeah, the exhibition itself is actually my second exhibition. The first one that I did was for charity a few years ago, like a long time ago. I was still a student then. Um, but this is the first photography mm-hmm. award that I, I've won. I, I haven't really entered any photography competitions before this because i was just thought of it as a hobby um so i never had that confidence uh-huh. to do that um uh, but then there was this open call um to like showcase to like submit photos that showcase the beauty of south korea which you know i, I you know i like k-pop and Korean dramas and stuff and I've been to South Korea four times so I was like okay let me dig into my my hard drive and look for photos that I can that I can share and I used to share a lot of my photography on Instagram as well and then I found that that there's actually a lot that I took that I haven't shared with anybody (laughs) so I was like okay I'll try to submit this (laughs) like like totally with no expectation at all okay let me just submit it and see how it goes and you know, yeah, too much to my amazement, I I not only won the first prize, but like three of my photos were were exhibited for the were chosen for the exhibition. So that was that was really really nice and really cool. And I think it also reminded me, um, when I when I wanted to be a photojournalist, well, I still want to be a photojournalist. Um, um, in so many in in a lot of ways. So seeing my photos displayed. Um, made me think of that that dream and that time that yeah that dream that I haven't achieved yet I guess maybe hopefully in the future and yeah Yeah. and 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 I think it's just yeah it's just great to you know be able to see that and you know like what I said in the beginning about photographs photographs so when I was at the at the exhibition you know a lot of the other submissions were also there and then you know a lot of a lot of, the, of us were just thinking oh what was the story behind this photo and stuff like we were making these up these stories and then there was an actual story so I think that really goes to show that you know yeah images are as powerful as words and I'm, I'm happy to be able to use both mediums in presenting stories, which is actually what I want to do as a, as a writer, as a journalist, is to tell stories.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's really exciting. I mean, you have done, you're using words and then pictures on the, on the other yeah. side mm-hmm. and presenting your own thoughts, process, the idea, the story that you want to bring. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a, something to applaud to have a talent like yours. It, it, it's it's an amazing it's amazing um so before thank you so much again i really appreciate this whole po- podcast recording i am really happy and you know excited to know more about you so before we go um <laughs> mm-hmm. what kind of advice or tips would you give to all our listeners if they want to be uh, you know be in the journal- journalism journey or mm-hmm. to be an advocate like what you have been doing so far
1: mm-hmm. um yeah there's actually a. Uh... Well, there's a, a lot <laughs> to to still to, to yeah to tell and learn, but I think one thing I I've, I've learned over the years um, and also, you know, from the people that I've met and who've taught me and mentored me is it it's to never settle for things, you know, never to be content with just the way things are because nothing is perfect. So it's you, you, you don't have to settle to the point that you complain about the little things but it's to the point where you, you you stand up for yourself you stand up for you what you deserve or what your community deserves what your people deserve what your I know right. you know yeah community deserves and things like that and it's always hard because you know speaking out is like putting yourself out there in public and you're always going to get hate you're always going to get backlash and that's something that I, I am still learning to to you know come to terms with. Obviously, as a writer, you put your work out there and there are people who's going to agree with you or not. But I think in the end, at, mm. at, at the end of the day, it's like just being truthful and remembering what you're standing up for. And if it's right, then I think mm. that's going to help you come a long way. And also, one other thing is... You know, you know, when I was studying journal- to become a journalist, a lot, a lot of people always tell me that, you know, it doesn't pay well and things like that. I mean, you know, you work long hours and stuff. Well, and then, <laughs> but then, but then it's, also, it's also a job that comes with a lot of responsibility, which is, of course, true. It, of course, uh, yeah, it's true that being a journalist comes with a lot right. of responsibility because you're the one informing the public of what's happening and stuff mm. like that um but i feel like that in some way actually motivated me to become a journalist more because there are so many stories to tell so many voices to be heard mm. and i think at the end of the day it's really about staying truthful it it isn't always about you know it isn't always about what's comfortable it's always about what drives you and what what you're passionate about doesn't have to be journalism can be any other industry you know at the end of the day it's what Mm. what drives you and what's you know what what you really want to do and I know not all of us have the luxury to choose Mm. that you know I am I am in some way privileged that I'm still able to choose what I want to do but I think Mm. as as, I know that's why it's also important for us to be able to create a world where we don't have to settle for less where we are able to give the next generation what they really want to do so yeah my advice and tip is to really you know yeah be brave and put yourself put yourself out there and if you see i've always said this before that if you if you see something that you want to change and no one is doing anything about it um i think you can be the one to do something about it because you know at the end of the day it's not only you is going to you know benefit from that it's you your family your you know the next generation so i think yeah it's it it would be nice to yeah have that's that's more, very powerful Okay. i think it'll it would be nice to have a lot more people who are willing to do that i know it's not easy yes <laughs> of course it's yeah definitely no. <laughs> easy. yeah but i think it it would definitely help you know it, even in the small smallest ways it, you know um to to make you know everything a lot better society a lot better yeah
0: yeah, thank you so much, Jian. This, this was amazing. I just really enjoy. I want to talk more. <laughs> and I'm definitely, will, I know we can catch up soon. I would love yeah, to go, you know, so. catch, one, <laughs> catch up one day when things are better in Hong Kong. <laughs> so thank you so much for your time today, Gian. Yeah, thank you too,
1: Kish. It was nice to talk to you after a long time <laughs> through this podcast. Yes,
0: Yeah. right. Thank yeah. you.
1: Thank you, thank you.
0: Thank you so much for staying with us and listening to this podcast. I'm sure you had a great time to hear what Gian Soriana had to say. And we had a great time having this conversation. Uh, I'm sure with such a young person with such great talents, she has created lots of inspirations for you to be a voice for your community and create a path for yourself, no better what age you are. And I hope this is another episode that will inspire you, especially in this month of celebrating women and we will continue to do so in our next episode with our next guest subscribe to our podcast to know our next guest you can follow us on our instagram at smiling rocks co to know more about our brand Uh, we hope to see you again next time and uh, feel free to let us know what you think about our episode by commenting and uh, we look forward to seeing you again keep smiling as you know smiling rocks bye for now